You can leave your pot or you can take your pot home with what you brought that is filled with. Discouragement, heartaches, troubles, unbelief, frustration, anger, regret. Or you can make up in your mind, I think I'm going to forget about the pot. I'm going to come and drink from the fountain. I'm going to come, amen, and drink, amen, until I can't drink anymore. I'm going to come till I lose my mind in him. Hallelujah. Did you know the Bible don't say anything about when it comes to the Holy Ghost and the gift of the Spirit? There's no law against it. There's no such thing as an excess of it. Hey, I'm telling you, it do us good to get so drunk in the house of the God tonight that we will lose our senses. We lose about where we're at and what we're doing. We let the Holy Ghost captivate our minds, captivate our hearts, captivate our emotions, captivate us and bring us into a realm. It will change us forever. Praying. Just walked in the sanctuary this afternoon just praying. You know, had somebody tell me this week and And sometimes it bothers me, and sometimes I try to just be real nice and like now just talk. And I said, man, you know, the, go to places where they're screaming at you and hollering at you and all that other stuff, all that noise going on. I was walking in the sanctuary t- this afternoon just for a few minutes and prayer. And <laughs> Holy Ghost told me to tell them. When you come to an apostolic church, this is what you ought to expect. When you come to one God, people that sold out, this is what ought to be happening. It's a noise, and it's a great noise. And God don't want it hit off in a corner somewhere. The rock band stole it. The country bands stole it. Your political world has robbed it from us. It belongs in the house of God. It don't belong in those cathedrals and athletical fields. Amen. Cheering over 22 men. Pick, picking and wrestling over a pig skin. No. It belongs in the house of God. It don't belong in the bar rooms. It don't belong in the casinos. It don't belong in any of those places. If any order body ought to be down and out and depressed. And, and have a grieving spirits about where they're at and what they're bound down to. It's them. If anybody ought to have some, some dance in their feet. Some joy in their heart. And some liberation about shouting about who they are and who they're worshiping. It ought to be some Jesus name apostolic people that's been drinking the new wine. The new wine. Amen. In brand new bodies and brand new vessels. You can't contain it. It contains you. I'm glad tonight I got something that's greater than I am. It's greater than my depression. It's greater than who and what I am. When it moves upon me, everything else has got to move out. So it's just really up to you tonight. Fountains flowing. But you got to be willing to come and drink. Now, God loves us tonight. He cares for us. Man. Brother Ford got it right tonight. Right off the bat. About the two sparrows. God cares. I tell you what. Give me about 15 or 20 minutes. Go be seated for a minute.
Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, singers, instrument players, for your sacrifice here tonight. Putting forth and staying with it. God bless you. Appreciate them so much. Appreciate each one of you and all that's in the house tonight. Our good friends. Amen. Mr. Rick, Brother Randy's good friends here with us tonight. Appreciate him back with us again tonight. Man, it's good to see Erica. It's good to see you. Been missing you around here. Good to see you with us tonight. God bless you. Amen. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord tonight. And amen. To come and worship the Lord and magnify his name. Praise God. God's been so good to us. His kindness and grace and mercy. I won't try to be lengthy uh, with a word tonight. I don't think, amen, but um, it, it did fall, amen, what he said there, what I have felt and actually felt it for a couple of weeks now, amen, uh, of what I wanted to, to say here, amen, praise God, and uh and you don't even have to stand. Praise God. Uh, it's actually going to come out of Luke, the 12th chapter, to start with. Amen. But um, the Bible simply says in Luke 12, 24, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor spend, reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns. God feedeth them. How much more are ye better? than the files and I'm simply going to preach tonight I'm going to pull all this together amen by the help of the Lord and help of the Holy Ghost here tonight maybe there's a good possibility there's some here tonight but maybe you don't feel worthy or, or maybe you don't think you're worth much but I want to tell you tonight on the very offset of this every vessel in this house tonight is worthy. I'm actually torn between two messages, and that's unusual, but maybe I'll get the next one next time. Praise God. But, uh, but you're worthy tonight. You're worth something tonight. And God thought so much of you that he was willing to go to the cross, that he was willing to go to Gethsemane. They was willing to be tied to a whipping post just for you and I. To give us this opportunity to live for him and to serve him. He thought this much of us. I simply want to preach tonight. God cares and will provide. God cares and will provide. One of the verses I pulled this from and there's some... Different ideas about this particular verse, but you find it in Job 38 and 41. You've been going at 100 miles an hour, so I'm going to let you rest while the others are resting. We'll let you rest now. Okay? Praise God. So in Job 38 and 41, the writings there, you're going to see who provided for the ravens his food. When his young ones cried unto God, they wondered for lack of meat. 
And there's different opinions about this, but some believe that ravens, and they even pulled this scripture out of the Bibles to back up what they believe. Amen. Now, they tell us there's somewhere about eight different species of ravens in Palestine alone. They tell us that they're there by the billions. Amen. So just give you a little idea about where they are and who they are and what they are. And we got sparrows over here, different types. And, you know, if you pull it up and look at it, you'll see just a small little bird you know kind of like a little blue bird a grass bird something of that 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 type amen and and so but as you begin to look at this and begin to take note amen of the sparrow but but I want to use both of them amen I'm going to use amen the sparrow and the raven cure tonight amen because a raven that is used that that God used even I got a new perspective a new a uh, little better outlook amen because so many times even I preached it how that wonder how Elijah felt when God told him that he was going to send him to a widow. And you know what? He might have felt pretty good being he had ravens to bring him bread. Amen. Every morning, every evening. Hallelujah. He probably took that as a step in up. Amen. From where he had been fed. If you do any study on ravens and what they feast upon and what they, they're part of the first time you read of them was Noah. That's the first thing he sends out of the ark that doesn't come back. He finds a place to rest. He finds a place to devour and eat and those things. And you know what I'm talking about. So I'm not even going to go end of that area but here we read about the raven amen in in first kings the 17th chapter from elijah how that elijah amen as he follows through with what the word of god and what god had spoke to him he said get thee hence and turn thee eastward hide thyself by the brook of cherith that is before jordan and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and i have commanded the ravens to feed thee there, I've commanded them to bring you, to bring you bread. He says, so went, did according to the, to the word of the Lord. And there, there's, there's, a, there's a message to preach right there. He went according to the word of the Lord. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. If it's the word of God, just do it. You don't have to understand it. I'm just going to take you at your word, God. It don't make any sense at this point in time, but you know what? I'm going to obey it. And I'm going to watch what you will do for me. And so no doubt this is what Elijah done here. Amen. As he made his way through the word of God and went and the sixth verse says, And the ravens brought to him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. So we see how that God, God can use. And I could name several here tonight. When you start talking about the animal kingdom. And how God used them. How God blessed them. How God provides for them. You can go to such places as 2 Chronicles 7.13. He says, I'll command the locusts. Fire the land. You can go to Psalm 78 and 23, and there he talks about angel food that came down from as Moses instructed them. You can go to Jonah 2 and 10, and there you can see where God spoke, amen, unto the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. I can take you to the donkey that spoke against Balaam. I can take you to the rooster that spoke to Peter. I could take you to the serpents, amen, that God used, amen, even in the time of Moses and times of those days. And then he 
it comes to the plagues and the frogs and locusts and flies. I could take you to the time of bears and lions. Amen. And so time after time we look at animals and how God used these species to fulfill his purpose and fulfill his desire at times throughout the scriptures. And so as we look at some of this and he begins to talk about them. Amen. What God can do and how God can use them. And how that you and I, amen, that depends upon God. They talk about the sparrow. Now some believe that the sparrow, and I've watched this. i watched this with mud, mud martins right up here at the hardware store. That you'll be shocked. We got one little nest, amen, that somebody washed it down, but they built it back. Praise God. And so anyway, they can move in there. And I don't know, it can't be no more than two or three weeks. They'll move in there. They'll build that nest, which is already built. They just kind of fix it up, modify it a little bit. They'll set on the eggs, it seems like, just in a few days. In a little bit, you'll see little mouths opening up. And in about two or three weeks, you'll see little birds sitting on the side of them. And first thing you know, they're gone. They're gone. Some believe that as soon as these sparrows... Leave the nest. They're on their own. They're only weeks old. But they're on their own now. And so the cry of the sparrow. The cry that is lifted to God. That will provide the meat for them. That will provide the food for them. And so how true it is for you and I here tonight. As vessels of God. Psalms 145 and 15 puts it this way. The eyes of all wait upon thee. And thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways. Holy in all of his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry. And will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. But all the wicked will be destroyed. So we, we, we see. And I'm just going to preach it just a few minutes here. I've done asked my wife. to got a song we're going to sing. Amen. I feel that I fall right in with this. I feel impressed to do this tonight. Amen. About this God. About this Savior. And how that he cares for us. And how he wants to work for us. Amen. And work on our behalf. I really feel tonight there's some among us that's really struggling. Amen. Struggling with the world. Struggling with lies. Struggling with some dilemmas and situations. And if you listen to the voices of the world and listen to your own carnality and to your own voices, you'll be persuaded that God doesn't care. You'll be persuaded that God won't provide. But I'm here, amen, to be a voice against those voices tonight to help you and I understand before we leave this place tonight what this God will do for you and I. When you look at Luke, amen, the 12th chapter, and you begin to look at this particular chapter, and he begins to talk about, consider the ravens. He's there and he's talking to the disciples and he says unto them, take no thought for your life, what he shall eat, neither for the body, for what he shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. But yet there's a lot of expense, a lot of time, a lot of effort is put in, amen, to what we eat. This day at time, everybody's posting and bragging, hallelujah, and I'm going by whether to show me, hallelujah.
hallelujah, amen, what they're fixing to eat. They poke at one another and brag at one another, take pictures of it. A big old plate of this and a big old plate of that. Amen. And then they get, you know, so so worked up about what we're going to wear. Hallelujah. We served it time and time again. Can I say it? Hallelujah. I don't have nothing to wear, but yet the closet is full. Hallelujah. The closet's got not just one or two dresses or one or two suits. There'll be half a dozen, amen, up to 50 or 60. Hallelujah. You just open up your own little mini store if you'd like to. But you walk in there and say, I don't have anything to wear. You get all worked up and worried about it, amen, because I got to have certain items or certain events and things of this nature. But God really instructed us that we shouldn't get all worked up about that. Not to fret and worry about you suits and clothes and get so focused on all that stuff. Hallelujah. Because who? What man can add, amen, any statue to his body? Now they look at this in a couple of different ways. You can look at your little body itself. Amen. He tells a cupid, cupid, amen, believes it's 18 inches. How many is interested in adding 18 inches to your body tonight? Now I'm adding to my body, but not in the direction I want it to go. <laughs> Praise God. And thank God I haven't added 18 inches in them directions. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but, but so we understand that none of us has the power or the ability to do that. But yet, on the other hand, many believe he's not only talking about the physical body, but he's talking about life itself. Amen. The days and weeks and months. Hallelujah. How long will it last? How long, amen, are we going to live? How many days are we going to have? And things of this nature. But as we look at this and see, amen, God doesn't want us to be worried about all of that. The 24th verse says, and this is really the key verse, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns, but God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Amen. When you look at them, amen, and what they can do, he goes on from that, which of you, which taken thought, can add any statue of one cubit, if he then not be not able to do that thing which is least, why take he thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they don't spin. Yes, I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. Now watch this 28th verse. Then if God so clothed the grass, which is to say in the field, and tomorrow it is cast into the oven, how much more would he clothe you, O ye of little faith, and seek not eat what it shall eat, hallelujah, or what ye shall drink, neither be doubtful minded, or double doubtful mind, or double minded, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after your fathers, amen, knoweth that ye have need of these, but rather seek ye what of the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you, fear not a flock. We're living in a world today that's becoming full of fear. COVID, amen, took its turn. Hallelujah. And we're turning now to another area where Israel, amen, and the battle of Israel. And it's a lot of people and they're getting worked up and stirred up about it, fearful about it. Hey, I understand that to a certain degree, but on the other hand, amen, I'm telling you, God's going to take care of the church. God's going to get the church out of here. I'm not going to wake up in the morning fearful and afraid. I'm going to pray for Israel. I'm going to pray for Jerusalem. I'm going pray for the peace of God but there's one thing I'm not going to worry about I'm not going to be overcome and overpowered by fear I know a God that's going to reserve me I know a God that's going to keep me I know a God that's going to provide for me and regardless of what I'm going to face what I have faced and what I'm going to face and what I'm going to face tomorrow this God is going to see me through he's kept me for 64 years I'm not going to start doubting now I'm not going to stay up at night and wonder I don't know if God's going to show up or not I tell you God's already got it mapped out 
God's already got it a done deal. Hallelujah. If you got your mind made up and your heart sold out, you worth going to cross. You was worth going to Gethsemane. You was worth purchasing and buying. He thought I was worth buying. He thought I was worth going to cross for. And I'm going to stand on that. And I'm going to put my faith in that. I'm not going to let the business world. I'm not going to let the anxiety of families. But I'm just going to draw some lines, folks. <laughs> you can't save everybody and you can't make everybody live this. But you and I can do what Peter said. Save yourself from this untoward generation. There's going to be a generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be a generation that's going to see the wrath of God. There's going to be a generation that is going to be called away. And you know what? We might as well have our minds made up tonight. I'm going to live for God. I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know who I'm going to serve. I know who I'm going to worship. I know what name to call on. I know where to lift my eyes. I know who bought me. I know who purchased me. I know who gave me a visitation. I know who sent a preacher by my way and preach a gospel a gospel that is alive a gospel that can transform me a gospel that can pull me out of the miry clay a gospel amen that can pull me out of darkness a gospel that can pull me out of sin a gospel amen that calls me to start hating the things I once loved and start loving the things I once hated and that's the biggest problem right there I'm telling you if you'll make up in your mind and make up in your heart make up in your spirit God can and will deliver our souls and deliver our lives out of the power and the influence of sin. I mentioned it to us this morning. But this here helped play a part, amen, of what I'm trying to preach here tonight. God's made a way. If you get your mind made up, it doesn't matter how young you are in this house tonight. It doesn't matter what walk you're coming from. We found out this morning, your life's reputation won't keep you from coming, drinking from this fountain if you're willing to come. Now, he didn't just let her drink. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, well, but as you look in Isaiah 41 and 10, I want to, I'm going to use a few scriptures here tonight before I get them to come sing. About Israel, what God's intent for us. God wants us to be victorious. God wants us to live overcoming lives. It's not the will of God for you and I to anxiety and fears and frustrations and things of this nature. Truly, it's not. Oh, there are times come that we get frustrated. And I understand that. Some of that's life. But listen to me a little while here tonight. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not. Now, if you go back to verse 8, But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. And so, Isaiah's talking to them. And when you go to the 10th verse. Fear thou not. For I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Don't be terrified. Don't be full of anxiety. The Bible's taught us to pray about everything. 
I believe our biggest fear is that God, am I doing my part? So you can do yours. Am I being faithful? Am I being under um, the, the true submission? Am I really obeying you, God? Am I really got an ear to hear you? And I'm not looking for excuses to get by, God. But God, you help me to do what you're calling on me to do. To walk in the love of God and the spirit of God and the power of God. To make sure that I, I hear what Paul says when he says, cast aside those weights. There's some things that's not sin, but it's weights that weigh you down, that occupy your time and take up your energy. That you can't, you can't just give yourself like you'd like to. To God and to the word of God and to the will of God. Things that can burden you down. Finances. Man, who doesn't struggle with finances? Psalms 139 and 14 has taught us. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. You created every part of me. You, you're the one that formed me and fashioned me. I will praise thee. That's something that you and I as saints of God must make up in our minds tonight. I'm going to praise you at all times. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to put my trust in you God. When other things is pulling at my life and pulling at my mind, my spirit. God, I'm going to trust you. May I step in on the scene and do a work for us. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and thy, that my soul knoweth right well. I'm fearfully made in your image and in your likeness. Did you know that hell was created for the devil and his angels? Bible says it increases on a day because you know what? It wasn't God's intent for you and I or no one else to wind up in that place. Because God's got a plan. And God cares about us enough to make a way that you and I could be redeemed and reconciled. And so as you watch some of this unfold and you see the things begin to come to pass. As he talks about the sparrow. As he talks about the number of them. Amen. The expense of them and the penny. Amen. And five for two pennies. Amen. And so, but God, God knows. God knows out of the billions of sparrows that's upon this earth. God knows when one single one of them falls to the ground. Now listen to what he's really saying there. He's not talking talking about just when that sparrow falls to the ground it goes as far as saying he's never forgotten he can tell you the first time the first sparrow ever fell to the ground in all of his creation and then the devil wants to play games with your mind and try to persuade you that God don't care or that God doesn't know. I beg the difference with you tonight. God knows exactly where you're at. God knows exactly what you're dealing with. God knows the pain and the frustration. God knows it all of it. But he was still willing to go to the cross. He was still willing to pay a price. He was willing because he thought you was worth dying for. He thought I was worth dying for. He thought we was worth, amen, the price, amen, to go to Calvary. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. So here we are tonight with this. Why? Because Ephesians 2 and 10 has taught us we are His workmanship. We're His handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus. We belong to Him for the good works. I'm His workmanship. Amen. He's still working on me. He doesn't give up easy. He doesn't just throw in the towel. Amen. He's in the business of redeeming and reconciling. Amen. And bringing souls out of, out of iniquity, out of the powers of iniquity. He proved that this morning with taking out the time and on a three-day journey to make his way to Jacob's well, to sit on that well. Amen. To speak to that lady and set the, set the, set the whole thing up. Amen. So he could impart, impart to her about who he was and what he came to do. Even she knew, amen, that a Messiah was going to come. And when he comes, amen, the, they, they knew miracles are going to happen and tra- things are going to transpire. They understood that. And here you and I are 2,000 years after the coming of the Messiah. And here we are tonight coming to this house believing. You know why we worship like we did tonight? You know why we prayed like we did tonight? You know why we thank God for the power of God that moved on Michael? Amen. And Ross and all the others here tonight. Amen. Because that's what God wants to do. He wants to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. He's in the saving business. He's in the delivering business. He's in the business. Amen. Because you're worth dying for. You're worth paying the price for. He thought I was worth cleaning up. He thought I was worth giving a visitation to. He thought I was worth filling me up with his spirit and guiding me into this truth and guiding me into this gospel. When you go to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, there's 14 verses there that talks about the blessings of God. Amen. I won't go through them tonight, but I'm going to pick one. That 13th verse says, The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou wilt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. I know I've been on this a little while now. But I'm telling you this is the key. And this is the answer. Parents, I want you to start praying over your babies. They'd fall in love. Not with just God. They fall in love with the commandments and the statutes and the principles of God. That God would put something inside their little hearts, inside their little minds, inside these little vessels for the ways of God and the ways of righteousness. That they would come to an understanding and a revelation. It's about God and it's about Him and having His favor and having His blessings and starting out at a very early age. Amen. Receiving the Holy Ghost. And allowing the Holy Ghost to work on their behalves and work on their lives. To guide them and lead them. I'm telling you, there's too much out there. Amen. Amen. It's ensnaring and trapping. Amen. Through alcohol and drugs and things of that nature. And so we got to put something in them. We got to pray over them. We got to pray a hedge around them. I know I've been on this and I'm going to stay on it too. Amen. Because you know what? I'm watching children being caught up. Amen. Being drawn to being deceived and lied to and misled. Hallelujah. And it's a time, amen, for you and I to rise up and say, you know what? We're not going to let you have our babies. We're going to put up a fight. Amen. If a rattlesnake come crawling in this house, how many of you just run off and leave your babies? Hmm. You know, whenever you feel your babies or your grandbabies in danger, you'll do whatever it takes to protect them. Don't forget, I had a certain dog, dear dog. 
Never seen it before. Hadn't seen it since. But for some reason, he didn't like little children. She'd go out there to pen to feed with me. I'd noticed it already one time. Second time we went out there, and she wasn't even at the same pen. She was standing over here playing with some puppies. I was watching that dog. He was sitting, crouched down like this. I said, man, there is something wrong with this dog. And I'm talking about it in a blink of an eye, son. If it hadn't been such a good pen, he'd have ate her up. You can think of this what you want to. I don't care. You can call the animal bunch. You can do what you want. I don't care. But I said, buddy, you just messed up. You won't see the sun set today. And he didn't. And you do with that what you want to. But I'm, about a, I'm not about to allow something at my house that's subject to eat up and scar and maybe kill one of my grandbabies. I don't care if it belongs to you or if it belongs to me. When it crosses that line, it just crossed the line. But that's the same attitude and the same spirit. We got to get about technology. We got to get about that. Come on, folks. He's a serpent. He's trying to slip. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to get a foothold. And so you and I have got to be the one who says, not on my watch. Not if I can help it. God, if you'll just help me. Help me not to be blind. Help me not to be deceived. Help me not to allow, amen, that to happen. But let something rise up in me to help protect them. Amen. For the Bible says, now watch this. I know I'm kind of going, but, but just hang on with me for just a few minutes. I know you've done a lot of praying here tonight. I understand that. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times. Hallelujah. Seven times. I'm not preaching to get you for falling. I, I fail. You fail. We all come up short at times. That ain't what I'm talking about. Here's the deal. Amen. Read the rest of that. Amen. And rises up again. Amen. Rises up again. He fails seven times, but I'm getting back up. I'm getting back up. I know where to come. I'm coming back to the house of God. I'm going back to an altar. I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. I'm going to find mercy. I'm going to find grace. I'm going to get my head back on right. I'm going to get my heart back right. I'm coming back where life is at. I'm coming back where the inheritance is at. Hallelujah. I'm not staying where I at. And I'm not going to let the devil use it. Amen. As a pillar. Amen. To drive me further away from God. I'm not going to let that mistake. Amen. Cause me to get wrapped up more. And get caught up in a relationship and fellowship just not pleasing to God. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let the love of Christ, the love of God, to get hold of my heart, my mind, and my spirit. No, I'm coming back to God. I'm coming back to an altar. I'm coming back to build a fellowship. I'm coming back stronger than what I was. I'm going to come back more determined I've ever been. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. (laughs) Psalms 37 says, Though we fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Amen. Are you hearing? The Lord will help us. The Lord will visit us. The Lord will come to our aid. God, Jesus didn't go to the cross and feel you the Holy Ghost for you to wind up backslid. And wind up lost. 
He's in the, he's in the business for us to finish the race. He's in the business for us to stay in the fight. You get in the ring, and we're in the ring, like it or not. There's some spiritual warfares that took on in this house tonight. There was a couple that stood in for a couple. Now, they don't know it. They were just asked to stand in. But I've been praying a real special prayer for that couple. Amen. Just this week. And I hadn't talked to nobody about it. They don't have know anything about it. And as I was praying for them, praying for that couple, amen, I prayed God show them where they're at. The Holy Ghost kind of just smote at me and said, no, you prayed that God is showing where they're going. There's a difference, amen, in knowing where they're at. What they need to wake up and see is where they're going, where they're going to wind up. Hallelujah. You know where you're at, but you know how to get from where you're at. But sometimes you ain't got a clue where you're going. You think you can handle it. You think you can get out of it. But when God reveals to you where you're going, hallelujah, you're subject to turn around. It took that prodigal son, amen, to get in the hog pen. But when he came to himself and come to the realization, my servants at my father's house is eating better than I am. My servants at my father's house is living better than I am. When he came to himself, it's better to be in the house of God. It's better to be back in the house of God. It's better to drag back my baggage and everything and do it what I am to the house of God than wind up in hell. Just bring the baggage. Bring the heartaches, bring the disappointments, bring the failures. It's not a better place you can bring them. Not a better place to bring, bring a broken life. In the house of God. God loves us tonight. As he talks about those sparrows, he said, Are thou not? Worth more than they. And if God's mindful enough of them. And with his creation. To know. That he can actually go back and tell you when the first one. He goes a step further than that. He talks about the number of hairs on your head. If you read it close enough. I believe he's, every hair is numbered. Now, some of us, <laughs> numbers don't go too high. <laughs> In fact, we may have more numbers missing than we have present. <laughs> Started out with a 1,000. Now we only got, to, you know, we still got a number of 1,000, but we don't have 20 and 22 and 40 and 33 and <laughs> many others. <laughs> Amen. That's how close God keeps up with us. That's how concerned God is with us. Not to the bad either, but to the good. God's in it for the good. God's in it, amen, to make us victorious. God's in it to make us mindful how much he cares about us. As a great shepherd and the bishop of our souls, amen, to lead us to a place of safety. To lead us to a place in his righteousness and godliness. Hey, you know what? Thank God for conviction. Some people don't want to come to the house of God because they don't like to feel conviction. You can't be saved without it. God put it on us. We need old time conviction. Sister Moore, if you come, I'm, I'm, I'm about through here. Micah, again, following this same thought. In Micah 7. If you read Micah 7, 1 through 6, you'll see the condition of the world that he was living in. How corrupt. 
how, how that the leadership there. It talked about the leadership there that the best leadership, amen, with their deceivable means and ways of being bribed and being bought off. Amen. He likened it unto the briar. That was the best they had. Not the worst, the best. So this is the atmosphere that Michael's in when he writes this in Michael 7 and 8. Rejoice not against me. Why is he saying this? Because in this condition, in this spiritual loss condition of Micah's time, into this northern kingdom, the region of the northern kingdom, they weren't too many, if any, living righteous and godly for God. Leadership, the priests, the whole works. But here's Micah making up in his own mind and in his own spirit. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I would bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my cause and execute judgment for me. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. He's basically saying, amen, God's going to reach a point in place even with my sin. Amen. A place of forgiveness. A place of washing me. I'm not going any other place. I'm going to depend on him. I'm going to keep my eyes on him and watch him bring me out to the other side. Then she that is my enemy shall see and shame shall cover her which, which said unto me, where is the Lord thy God. When you can't feel him, maybe some sitting in this house tonight as we stand, maybe you hadn't felt God as much as we talked about the new wine tonight and feeling him in our hands and our feet. But maybe you hadn't felt God in a week or month. Maybe it's been six months. Maybe it's been a year or two. I don't know. I'm not, that's not even important right now. But what I'm trying to tell you, amen, because you're still in the house, because you're still coming to the house, because you know this is where your help's at. This is not where your lifters at. This is the one that's going to save you. This is the one that's going to deliver you. This is the one that's going to work on your behalf. Amen. And whenever they say, where is the Lord thy God? My eyes shall behold her. Now shall she be trodden down as the mire in the streets. Because you know why? Because the mercy of God's going to show up. If I'll just stay put. If I'll just stay faithful. If I'll just come, amen, and bring what baggage I've got. Bring the broken life, the broken relationship. But I'm going to bring them to an altar. I'm going to bring them back in the presence of God I'm going to look upon him because you know what if he's concerned and cares about the sparrow amen how much does he care about me he thought I was worth dying for he thought I was worth cleaning up and you know what let me ask you something how often do you have to clean up that little baby how often are you going to have to show mercy and grace to those teenagers How often God's willing to show us His compassion, His grace, His mercy to redeem us, to atone us, to deliver us. I know there's a lot of other things going on, some distractions going on, a lot of disconnection right now. But I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's pulling for some certain folks in this house tonight. Assuring you again tonight that He still loves you. He still cares about you. And he's still in the business, amen, of redeeming. But it's up to you.
You can't hide it. You can't disguise it. You can't, you can't just shove it aside. I know we're living in a world today and the world is trying to persuade us that even our God can't deliver them from certain things. I mentioned it this morning. Somebody made mention to me about the power of meth and the ability it had. And as I sought God and I prayed and asked God to help me, I promise you God assured me in the Holy Ghost if I can deliver a lunatic, I can deliver anybody that's bound by meth. And he don't have to wait five years to get a clean bill of sale. He can do it in one service. He can do it in one touch. If he's willing, amen, to come and lay it at the altar. He's willing, amen, to lay it at the feet of Jesus. He's willing to let go of it, just like the lunatic. It didn't take no kind of programs. It didn't take months and years, amen, for it to happen. And if, amen, the lunatic can find deliverance of two to 6,000 demons or a problem or a bad feeling or hurt feelings, hey, I preach it to some folks in this house tonight. The devil don't need much, amen, to get leverage in your life to get you messed up. He'll keep you focused on that. Let me ask you something. How many trees in the garden that they didn't get to have the ability, the permission to eat from? How many trees in the garden? Can anybody tell me how many trees they could eat? All except one, whatever that all. And the number of that all. But I know one thing. It's around that one. I want the Lord to help us here tonight. I tell you what. Y'all just come and start singing the song. Now the altar's open. But you don't feel pressured to come unless you feel to come. But listen to the song. Tonight's your night. God visit us in such a visitation at the start of this service. Giving you an invitation to new wine. A brand new touch. An opportunity you could have stepped out then. Been revived. and Been lifted up. But I want you to listen to this song tonight. He thought I was worth dying for. And let it, let it penetrate your heart tonight. Let it penetrate your spirit and your soul tonight. I don't know where you're at. You know where you're at. You know the struggles. You know if you're ready to meet him or not. You know what road you're headed down and what direction you're headed toward. But could it be tonight that's not just for that couple but others in this house that the Holy Ghost is wanting to say, Hey, wake up and see where you're headed. Wake up and see what's right down the road. But tonight, tonight, as, as Brother Terry McCain would put it, and his birthday's in just in a few days, but he would say, hey, I'm just trying to flag somebody down from going to hell. I'm just trying to flag somebody down. Trying to keep them from going in that direction and winding up in that place. What about it tonight? God bless you.
Tell everyone I know You thought I 
so you clean me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrifice your life so I could be free and whole. And I would tell everyone I know. so you and I could have life and life more abundantly. I want to walk in that abundance of life. How about you? God bless you. You may be seated. So don't forget this coming week, midweek service will be Tuesday night. Tuesday night, testimony night. Amen. This coming Tuesday. Praise God. So don't forget that. Amen. Got Thanksgiving. A lot of activities, things going on. Amen. It's, it's a, always a beautiful service, a powerful service. Uh, always look forward to it. Amen. Uh, it's just about, amen, come to testify. Maybe tell something special God's done for you. Amen. Whatever. It don't have to be nothing. We're not in no contest or anything like that. Amen. You know, some people get a little nervous. We used to have testimony services in every service. Praise God. Maybe we need to get back to that, huh? Amen. Nah, but come back, come, come and like to tell us something. We'd love to hear it, to love you and appreciate you. Remember, this testimony service is about the Lord, what God's done for you. Amen. Okay? Love and appreciate us. Don't forget the offerings and tithes we hadn't received tonight. The offering plates are still out, so you could just bring them up if you'd like. So we appreciate you. God bless you. We're just going to let you be this mirror in the fear of the Lord. Somebody corrected me about that. I hadn't done it in a while. So I'm, I'm, uh, birthdays. I'm sorry. I'm letting you out quick. Oh, all right. We could skip one of them, but one we can't. I tried to persuade her to see if she'd change, you know, ages. She wouldn't do it. Can y'all believe that? 
said no now. Ain't no way. Hallelujah. All right. Let's sing. Give her a good hand here tonight. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Let me say a thanks again to the church and all of you for last week. The fixings, the party, kind of an outstanding job, a spirit of excellency all the time. We don't take that for granted. We appreciate it so much. Okay? Uh, no anniversaries. No anniversaries. All right. Any, any other announcements? Okay. Lord bless you. You didn't miss a the right of knives, sales, mothers of the school. If you haven't, don't know anything, hadn't heard anything about it, uh, they got some for sale. They're trying to do it before Christmas. So it's kind of a little rush on it, all right? Anybody wants to buy some, purchase some, okay? All right. God bless you.